All right, guys, Natalie and I are back with another episode of Shades of Strong. I know we've missed, what, Natalie, maybe two, three? It's been a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. Because, you know, life happened, and we're not going to dwell on that, but we're back. I did have another death in the family, and, you know, that kind of took a toll on me, and then Natalie has some things going on as well. So, but anyway, we are finally back with episodes episode 23 we appreciate you guys waiting on us y'all know how we get down we talk about all the things that shape make and sometimes break a strong black woman so natalie say hey to the people girl hey to the people girl (laughs) (laughs) anyway yes (laughs) we missed y'all we did we we missed y'all we we missed coming together and you know talking natty i missed you girl i missed coming together talking to you because like this is therapeutic for me and Natalie and it gives us a chance to catch up with each other so Natalie I missed you and I feel like you missed me too I definitely did (laughs) the feeling is definitely mutual I enjoy talking every week and even if we don't get a chance to do any other talking outside of recording these episodes I I definitely look forward to at least having these episodes to record. So yes, yes, too. yes, yes. Because we talk about other stuff before we hit record. So yeah, y'all. We right. love each other. Yeah, we right. do. Yeah, we do. Right. That's true. That's real. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So anyway, what we wanted to talk about tonight was, or I always say tonight. I don't know why I do that. Anyway. Normally we, we record <laughs> at night. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but what That's I want right. to talk about is, I received this, I received a message um, in my inbox that was asking me why Shades of Strong was created specifically for Black women. And I addressed it on my Facebook page, but I thought I would address it on the podcast as well and just kind of get Natty to come in and we we'll talk about why we do what we do and why the message is important for Black women. When, when I first created Shades of Strong, or originally it was Get Naked Live, when when it was dropped in my spirit, I was afraid to specify that it was for Black women because I did not want to contribute to the divisiveness that is our country right now. And so I felt like saying it specifically for Black women would be, would be contributing to that. So I kind of was reluctant about doing it. But as I continue to think about my individual struggle and then the struggles of my sisters and my friends, and I thought, I struggle ain't the same. And if we're, gonna, if we're being completely honest, I think we can say that everything that was created for all women was never created with Black women in mind. You might need to repeat that a little bit because <laughs> people mean, don't it, seem to get it. It. <laughs> was, it was not. I mean, okay, so I'm going to say it again for the people mm-hmm. in the back. <laughs> for the people in the back. Everything that was created for all women was never created with Black women in mind. When you think about marketing, you're not going to see our faces. Play. I mean, they're getting better with it now, but... Yeah, now. You're, I mean... Now. But you now, like yesterday now. <laughs> right. You're not, not even gonna within see, the past decade. Like no, literally not, like the last couple of yes, years. Yes. Thank you, Rihanna. I was that part, yes. But you are not going to see our faces plastered, uh, you know, across their marketing materials. And and bringing up Rihanna when she created this makeup line that was for all shades. Like, think about MAC. I can remember going to MAC 
with for makeup and make and mac only had one color that was specifically for black women and they sold that same color to everybody and it was nw45 every black person i don't care what shade of dark skin you were you got nw45 because because like i said everything that was created for all women was not created with us in mind so just recently have they started god i can't even think of any makeup lines l'oreal Maybelline, but now you see them trying to match everybody's shade of skin. But they just recently started doing that. So I'm going to say it one more time. Everything that was created for all women was not created with Black women in mind. And so I don't feel guilty. I no longer feel guilty saying that Shades of Strong was specifically created for Black women. Because let's just be 100, y'all. Our struggles are not the same. Our our white counterparts did not grow up like we grew up. Our experiences, our realities are not the same. So I created this platform so that we could have a safe space where we can talk about our individual and collective struggles and feel safe doing that without the judgment and the criticism from people on the outside. Yep. And I don't feel bad about that. You know what I'm Nor saying? should you. I don't. I mean, because, and people are so quick to say that, well, we all bleed red. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. We do. And I said this, said this on my Facebook page, too. We all do bleed red. But my, but my blood is seasoned with the pain and the struggle of my ancestors. And with that, yeah. with that of every Black woman who dares to have a voice. Okay. Because we like be honest, when we do when we speak up about the indifferences and the injustices, we're automatically labeled something. Automatically. We we we're ridiculed, we're persecuted. So can we just not pretend like like racism doesn't exist because it does? Then we are judged based solely because of the color of our skin. So when you try to get me or convince me to erase my color or not to speak about my color, then what I feel like you're doing, you're trying to get me to erase my story because my color is a part of my story. So I'm going to keep talking about it. And I'm going to keep saying that shades are strong. We talk about all the things that shape, make, and sometimes break the strong black woman. Because if you've never walked in my shoes, if you've never been a black woman and you can't tell me what it's like to be black because i live this every day you don't have to walk around in the stores and people following behind you you know because you, because you went in a store that black people don't typically shop in so now you're being profiled you don't have to you don't have to deal with that so that's why i created this space and that's all i gotta say about it <laughs> okay. and, and i know the person that sent it to me i mean it was a black person but You know, even as Black people, we tend to, let's not exclude them like they exclude us. And I'm not necessarily excluding anybody. I welcome open dialogue from anybody that's not the same color that I am. But this space was specifically created with the Black woman in mind. What say you, Natty? Oh, Natty say a lot. I'm just <laughs> trying, oh, I'm just trying to 
remember that we have a timed recording here and I can't just go off. Uh, but I, first of all, I 100% agree with everything you said, Shirley. First of all, let me just address, like, you said that this was, this was someone who was Black that brought this up. And I'm not here to criticize anybody or anything like that. I, you know, I, I, get, I get it. Like, there are conversations like this within our own communities. My position on this though, is there are certain things, like you said, you know, about creating a safe space, there are certain things that I no longer feel comfortable talking about in mixed company. What I mean by that is there are certain things that I, that cause me pain, that have caused me harm, that I know that if I don't talk about it with other Black women, I'm not going to get the support that I need. My needs will not be met. I will not be listened to. I will not be heard. I will only be gaslighted. And that's something that I'm not willing to put up with any, anymore. I'm just getting too old for it. And I'm not old, but I'm getting too old for that. I've been dealing with that my entire life. And it speaks to what you were saying about how we have certain experiences and certain uh, things that we've been through that other people don't go through. Like you said, you, you don't, you, you go in a store and someone's following you. I'm dealing with microaggressions from people who aren't Black. Every day. Every day. This is not an exaggeration. Again, so this, you know, like, because usually when you, if you're going to say something like that, again, in mixed company, you're going to get met with gaslighting. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm sure that's not what's really mm-hmm. going on. Or, oh, I don't believe that for a minute. It doesn't really matter what you believe. <laughs> um, it, what matters is I know exactly what I'm experiencing. I'm not looking through it through some sort of lens of bitterness or anger or, or unresolved, whatever, whatever. I know what a microaggression is, and I experience it every day. And that's not something that I'm willing to talk about with someone who isn't a Black woman. Now, if you're someone who is a person of color, and yes, you also go through certain things, maybe, but I have to really know you. Also, if you are a white woman, and I know that you go through things too, because you're a woman, you go through stuff. I still have to know you at a certain level before I feel safe talking to you about any of that. And so there needs to be a place where we can talk with each other and address these things so that we can feel heard and supported. And I also find it, I'm trying to just keep my core here, I also find it a little annoying that this seems to be brought up with Black people in general all the time. When you find out that you have a child that has... Uh, who's neurodivergent or has high anxiety or something like that, and you find a support group for that, no one's asking you, well, how come you can't let all children in this group? Right, My child is dealing with extreme anxiety or depression, like they've been diagnosed or whatever, or they're just really uh, afraid, or they've got this issue or that issue. And I'm not trying to to equate my, my blackness with some sort of issue, but 
there are certain things that we, we look at and we see them as pathologies and there really aren't pathologies. It's just something that someone is going through or something that is part of that person's lived experience. And we don't ever look at these other groups, different groups of people and say, how come you don't include everybody? It's always just us. It's like, well, how come it's not everybody? It's like, dude, if I'm seeing Black Lives Matter, I'm not saying Black Lives Matter and no one else's life matters. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is Black Lives Matter also, because y'all really have been living and breathing and walking through this earth for however long, pretending that our lives don't matter. That's all this is about. So when you say, Shirley, that I'm creating a space so that we can talk about the things that make and shape and break the strong Black woman, we're not saying, hey, there aren't other women that feel these struggles with having to be strong all the time, or, oh, we're not saying that. We're saying, in particular, because there's no other place for us to feel safe talking about this, I'm creating this space for us. That's literally all you're doing. And I'm really, it just kind of grinds my gears a little bit that we can't even have that. And then there are people within our own community that don't understand it. And it reeks a little, it smells a little of respectability politics to me because it's all about, you know, let's not do anything to piss off the white folks. Like, and I'm like, yo. Right, like, we don't, um, we don't, we don't want to ruffle any feathers. You know? Let's not ruffle any feathers yeah. because the only people that really jump up first to talk about, oh, this is divisive, are people who aren't Black. Because I know that you aren't being divisive. <laughs> This isn't what, this isn't your agenda at all. This, your agenda is to, to create a space where we can talk about what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday <laughs> and what happens to us. Like what even happens to us you, all the time. All the time when you're, when you're in the workplace. And I saw, perfect example, I saw this meme where this lady was saying, well, no, she commented on a, on a, on a post in, on Shades of Strong page. And she was saying that, I think it was the angry black woman post that she commented on. And she was saying that she can be at work, you know, and she'll say, hey, can you pass pass the sugar or can you pass the cream? And then a white person go, whoa, wait a minute now, because they naturally, well, not all of them, but, or, or some people naturally assume that that we're naturally aggressive when we're not. We could mm-hmm. just be talking in our regular tone and regular we, tone. We, we didn't say it the way you know, you thought we, we should have said it. And so automatically we're deemed aggressive and angry and all the other stuff mm-hmm. that, that they label us. And so I, I, now I have not walked in anybody else's shoes. I can only tell you what my experience is, but I, I do feel right. safe in saying that black women are the real minorities. Cause let's just okay. be, Jay, I, I think if I'm not mistaken. It was Malcolm X that said that black women are the most disrespected people in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> I mean, who else is getting tone policed on the regular? Exactly. They like we are police for everything, everything. for the way for the way we wear our hair, the way we the way the way we wear our clothes, our our features, our nose, our lips, everything. Everything. We are, everything is policed when it comes to the African-American female. So tell me why, why should I not create a space where we can be safe and have conversations about that thing, about those things where we don't have to suppress what we're feeling. Exactly. Like we can actually speak out and speak up and not feel like we're going to be silenced or gaslit 
I think I said gaslighted earlier. I don't know. I do. I, I use them. I don't even remember, but I know what you, I know what you mean. I don't know what you say, but I know what you mean. <laughs> like I really do need this kind of space, honestly, because I've never had it. Like I've never had it. I've gotten a taste of it once or twice. And that's been within the last four years. I'm not kidding. I used to want to be a part of a black Greek sorority when I was in college. And looking back now, I know that part of the reason I wanted so badly at the time to be a part of something like that was for this very reason, to feel like maybe I could feel safe somewhere and express myself and have maybe a support system to go to when something was bothering me or when I experienced something that caused me any kind of harm or maybe even trauma. I did not have that at all. And I feel like that's probably the experience of the average Black woman. Not having anything like that, not having any resource like that. And when you don't have any resource like that, you don't feel like there's anywhere that you can turn for any kind of support when you are dealing with racist microaggressions on the daily, when you're dealing with, with misogyny and misogynoir and you're dealing with tone policing and you're dealing with, oh my gosh, I got to make sure I look a certain way when I go to work or when I go out, not even just to work, when I go out, I have to make sure I look a certain way so that people aren't looking at me like I'm some sort of whatever. When the, the amount um, of pressure that that puts on someone, it really does take its toll. And when you're talking about being alive for 40 plus years, 50 plus years, and this is what you've dealt with, and you've tried, you've tried to do all the quote unquote right things, again, so that you don't ruffle anyone's feathers, what I mean is you don't ruffle white people's feathers. You don't, after like doing all these so-called things that'll make them respect you or make them love you or make them accept you. And then you realize, oh no, it's never going to be enough. It's never good enough. The, the posts always get moved. It doesn't matter. You're either uneducated and lazy or you're overeducated. You're either you're either too oversexualized or I mean, it's always something. Always it's something. Always it's something. always something. And you can't celebrate yourself. You can't express yourself without being policed. There's so many layers and factors to this that this is, and this is the only, only what, this is what only we go through on a, on a, again, microaggressions on the daily, on the daily. So, Please miss me with the whole. Oh no, she did say miss me. <laughs> how come you can't include? It's like nobody is excluding anyone. I never said. You never said. Hey, don't come unless you're this. Like it's just like it's just it's like a historically black colleges and universities. You realize they don't discriminate against white people, right? Right. They don't say you realize you, that you that's not why in. they were created. They don't right. say that you can't apply. You can and. If, you're, if your academics are what they need to be, you can get accepted. They're all white students that go to these places. That's not why they were created. They were created at a time when black students couldn't get into other universities. Exactly. And so now you're like, oh, well, I mean, now that's not the case. So just close all these other schools down. Uh, no. No. Because again, we need somewhere <laughs> where we can actually be nurtured. 
but you need to be in a space where people actually get it. They actually get, get it. it. Where they, you need to be in a, a place where people actually get it, and you need to be in a place where people people actually see you. That part. That part. Where you're not invisible, mm-hmm. or where you're not tokenized or fetishized. You're not walking into a place and everyone's sort of sort of accepting you on paper or conditionally or theoretically because they quote don't see color like where you don't have to deal with any of that bs let me tell you i it absolutely i I told you i'm trying to not take the whole (laughs) take an hour surely just say what i want to say when people say i don't see color if you don't see color you don't see me if you don't see color, then I guess you never bought any crayons for your kid. Like, come on, really? You see so your color. house must look a mess because you can't decorate. You don't know what kind of clothes you're wearing every day because you don't see color. Give me a break. Like, no. Like, let's this just get not, real. Like, try, again, it's like, let's not take who I am and try and pathologize any of it. My blackness is not a pathology. It's not something that's an elephant in the room that you have to pretend to ignore. Oh, I don't see your color. So it's okay. No, that's not what I am. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing ugly about me. There's nothing unacceptable or, or any, there's nothing about me that needs to be whispered about or swept under the rug. You can say, I'm a, oh, look, she is a black woman. You don't have to go, oh, she's a black woman. Like, you don't. That's what people, when they, when they say they don't see color, that's what they're doing. And I get it. I know it was like, no, I'm trying to, to say that I don't, I don't judge you by that. But no, what you're what doing is disca- it, you're discounting my experience. You're just discounting that's what you're my doing. whole, I, you're, mm-hmm. you're discounting my whole identity. And I don't do mm-hmm. that with you. Like, I right. can see that you're white. I can see that you're white and blonde hair and blue eyes. I see all of that. And, so don't and tell I can me you don't see that me. and you don't have a problem with it. So why is it not the, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. And if I didn't have someone on planet earth that I knew I could talk about this with, who would understand and get it, this exhaustion would wear me in to where I couldn't do it anymore. It's li- to, to have that is liberating to have that. It gives you a sense of freedom, a sense of not being boxed in yep. and judged and stereotyped. And all the, when, I get, when I get an email or a message from someone saying, oh, what you said just really touched me. It feels so good to, to not be in this alone. Do you know how that yeah. warms my heart? Yeah. Because it confirms to me that this space is needed. Because there are right. so many black women out there that really do feel like I'm in this thing alone. 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 When you're working on a job where there are where, where it's pre- predominantly white, because I know I worked on a job like that where I was the only black person mm-hmm. in there aside from the CEO. And it was it was always uncomfortable because even for me, I was constantly watching what I'm saying, how I'm saying, what I'm doing, how, what I'm wearing, how, how I'm wearing my hair, because I didn't want to offend the white people. But they didn't care about offending me. <laughs> there was this one lady that, that, that worked there, and I just really had to get her told one day. One day she asked me for some change to get something out of, out of the vending machine. And I said, 
So I don't normally carry cash around on me, so I don't have any change. So I walked on back down the hall. I was going to my office, and she was she was walking behind me, and she said, she, she said, um, you're a white girl in a black girl's body, and I said, what? And she said, you're, you're like, she thought it was cute. She was like, and so she followed me on to my office. And, and, and I said, why did you say, why did you say that? And then she said, because um, I thought all black people, I thought black people always carry cash. And I just looked at her like, I'm taking her back. I don't know what to say about this. So I, I'm going to continue to let her talk. And she said, I thought all black people carry cash just in case they get pulled over and um, they have to go to jail. And I said, oh, oh, <laughs> yes, girl. And I just looked at her and I'm not going to call her name, but I, I just looked at her and I said, excuse me. I said, first of all, why do you assume that if a black person gets pulled over, they're automatically going to jail? And then she was like, that's not what I'm saying. I said, that is exactly what you said. That's what and you so, said, though. So <laughs> that's what that's what you you know. Just in case you get pulled over, you know, so so you can have some. I guess like to bail yourself out or whatever. To bail yourself so, out. So we had this whole conversation. So those are the. So that's why I'm saying that this space is needed. So yeah, I took a little time to tell her how offensive that was, and how if she had said that to any other person, she would have been do a good old fashioned ass whooping. But because mm-hmm. I'm a little nice. And because we're in this office, let me explain to you what's wrong with what you just said. And that's not the first time she said some stupid stuff. Like she said a whole lot of stupid stuff. And then you're working in these places where where you are maybe the only black face in the building. And they think you are the encyclopedia of all things black. I got that too. Why do black people do this? Um, do you think it like we, we hosted a lot of trainings and there was this one lady and she will always come in and say, do you think if I said this, that, um, you know, the black people in the class might be offended about it? And my, my answer was, to her was always, if you have to ask that question, they will probably be offended. You know, that's probably a good rule of thumb for anybody. So, so don't say so. It, it's, it's those things like those are the things that that makes me know or confirms to me that. This space is needed because people are all, let's just, I'm just going to keep it 100. Black people, black women are the only people. And I say this with conviction and authority and with everything in me, because I believe it. we are the only people who are not allowed the space to work through trauma. We're expected to grin and bear it. I don't care what's going on in our life. Turn the other cheek. Get over it. Right. Move on. Right. We're expected right. to stay silent through racism, sexism, right. ageism, colorism, yep. classism, all the all of it. Don't say anything it. about it. We're expected to be voiceless when we're struggling through being a parent. We're, expect, we're expected to stay silent when we're stuck in a horrible relationship, toxic work environments. It's just like whatever happens, don't say nothing. Let it roll off. We are the only one who are expected to do that. Now, black men are expected to do it on a certain level. But when they when they speak up, it's more acceptable than it is when a black woman speaks up. That black women supposed to just sit in silence. That's literally part of why what we're talking about. Like you, we talk about how the term "strong black woman" is. Like it's killing, killing us. us. It's, it's killing us, and that's why we've talked to young 
after women they're like dude don't even call me i don't don't even call me that they don't want to be associated with that they don't want to be associated because because of this kind of expectation that that's put on us like hey when something really shitty happens to you then shut up and just grin you just have to you just have to deal with you just mm-hmm. have to be okay with it mm-hmm. and you have to pretend you maybe even pretend that nothing ever happened that nothing everything happened, yeah. is fine yeah and you have to do that over and over and over again why so that everyone else around you can be comfortable can be okay to make can them remain comfortable, comfortable to mm-hmm. make them comfortable you've got to shrink yourself fold yourself up stuff yourself in a box tape that box up and lock it so that no one else gets defended. And that mess, it, it's killing us. It's killing, killing us. And this is one of the things also that we need to be able to talk about amongst each other. Yes. Because no one else gets it. Because, and the reason I say no one else gets it is because 99.9% of the time, they will try to gaslight us into oblivion. Oh, this oh, girl, that really is not on. what she meant. That's not that's it. Exactly. I'm sure this is what they really I'm meant. Sure it's like, she how didn't mean you any even, harm. How would yeah. you even know whether the person meant any harm? You weren't the one who was there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You didn't see the body language. You didn't hear the tone of voice. You didn't see the reactions to mm-hmm. my reaction. How would you know what someone actually means when you're not the one experienced? So, yeah, I... I I clearly have very, very, very strong opinions about this, but suffice it to say, this is something that is 100% needed. And I think a lot of times, especially in our community, whenever something is needed, there's so much backlash. Like even just with Rihanna, like even just with like, hey, I'm going to come out with a makeup line that has 40 shades. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, wait, well, how come... It's like, dude, I'm not excluding anyone. I said 40. 40. Not four. That means you most likely (laughs) will still be able to find your shade. Like you've always been able to. Absolutely. Also, other people who have historically not been able to find their shade will probably have a better likelihood of finding it now. And I love what you said about MAC. Like by the time I started... um, using MAC Cosmetics, I was doing a lot of theaters and I was in a lot of shows and stuff. And Mm -hmm. by then they didn't have just NW45 because I was NW43. And so I knew if I need to buy a foundation, I have to go to the MAC counter at Macy's because that's the only way I'm going to get my foundation. That's my shade because I need NW43. Now, all of these other brands like the Maybellines and the Covergirls and all of these other brands are like, hey, wait, no, no, we've got plenty of shades. We've always yeah, had these we've shades. got it's lots like, of shades. We've yeah. got, and we, we always had them. It's like, okay, first of all, you may have always had them, maybe, maybe, but even if you did, there was no way we were ever going to know about it because you never said anything. Because they didn't, they didn't advertise to us. They you did not advertise. advertise. When you Again, see the commercials on, on television, they didn't, it wasn't our faces. No, we're, we're literally not seen. Oh, but what about this model and that model? Yeah, the reason why we know the Naomi Campbells and the Tyra Bankses and the Imans is because they really are exceptions to the rule. The fact that we can call out their names out of the sea of supermodels that there have been just proves the point that they're not, they're not actually checking for us. They're not looking for us. So when a young 30, almost 30-year-old 30 Rihanna comes out or, or around and says, hey, I'm checking for you. 
I'm going to make some stuff. Then they're all clamoring, not because they actually, let me go do this. Not, not because they're, they're, they, they have the same vision or the same mission. Or the same no, values, because we can't let Rihanna because, get all this money. <laughs> because they just want to get a piece of the pie. That's it. Everything's all good when there's some white woman wearing cornrows on a magazine cover. Girl, don't get me started on that. Oh, oh, it's fashion now. It's fashion. But, it's but when trend. we wear it, it's a problem. When we wear it, it's a problem. When I mean, I've I've literally, I've literally heard and seen people make not pleasant remarks about afros around me while I'm wearing my hair naturally in an afro. It's ridiculous. It is I so mean, ridiculous. Our, our butts were always too big. Oh my God, Becky, look at it. Oh my God. And now they're all spending all this money to get these chemicals that are probably really harmful in their butts so they can have big butts. Same thing with their lips that were too big on us. All this kind of, Same thing with tanning. It's, it's the, same, the same thing. Yeah. I, I remember years ago, I, I posted on Facebook, this was like back in 2011 or something. I was like, one of the things that I'm really grateful for is never having to worry about needing spray tan. Because <laughs> I, I don't need, cause I don't I need, don't need that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to go to no tanning bed. I don't need to lay out in the sun and get skin cancer. I don't need to do any of that. But it's, it's really, you know, the irony is strong that you want to denigrate a woman who naturally is all these things but then turn around and pay money to try and look like her. To try and look like you her. Because people like are her, quickly, you they don't want to be her. To say, uh, they're quick to say, oh, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. <laughs> oh, dear Excuse God. me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, period. Dollar, every time I was told that. Yeah, that's all it, like, it's really, it's, it's ridiculous. And it does something, I am convinced, it does something to our collective psyche. It does something to our mental health. I think it's part of the reason why so many of us as Black women are struggling with depression and anxiety in addition to all kinds of other factors. It's, and, and yeah, we gotta be able, like, I don't have a therapist yet. Mm. So until I get one, I still need to be able to talk you need about to be, Yeah, stuff. you need to be able to talk about where you're feeling. Especially you since I hadn't really been talking about it in the past, the rest of For how life, long? Like almost all your life. life. <laughs> all my life. Right, yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I people agree. People are shocked when you're upset, or they're shocked when you break down, or whatever, and they're wondering what's wrong. It's like, wow, whatever could be wrong. Like they're completely clueless, and that's just further proof that you don't go through the same crap that I go that through. I go through. Absolutely. And I'm not discounting you did, anybody you else's experiences. No, I'm not just at all. saying that yours is not the same as mine. It's not the same. And since I'm not sitting around gaslighting you. How about you pay me the same courtesy? The same courtesy. Since I'm not like, hey, you know, why don't you? Yes, we talk a lot about wanting to see representation. We don't talk about, hey, let's get this representation and exclude other folks. Mm -hmm. That's not what we do. We're just like, hey, we consume all of this stuff the same way that you do, but we're never represented. So let me see my face on the screen. Can I see my face on the screen like once in a while? Like every now and again because it reflects the world that I live in. I get that it doesn't reflect where you live, but it does reflect where I live. And again, if it doesn't reflect where you live, that's further proof that you don't go through the same stuff that I go through. 
which means, yes, I need a space to talk about these things. Like, because every really time can. they turn on the television, they're going to they're gonna see their faces. When we turn it yeah. on, we might see one token Black person. Yeah. And, li- and like we said at the beginning, it's gotten a lot better, but it's really been just this last decade, really. I don't even think it's been and the last decade. I think it's probably been the last you know what? You're right. three to five the years. The last honestly. three to five years. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the fact that we still get so, we see so much pushback and so much, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Oh my God. They're trying to be political. The fact that there's still so much resistance and so many complaints when we do see more representation is yet again further proof that what we experience as Black women is not the same as all of the rest of the women. Because if it were the exact same, there wouldn't be this pushback all the time. There wouldn't be all these anti-Black remarks and microaggressions from not just white women, but other women of color that aren't Black. It wouldn't exist. So obviously it does mean that we need some space of our own to process a lot of the dumpster fire stop that, that is the that daily like every day living and breathing of just being black yeah. and female and i don't know how much how much more succinctly we can explain it for people to get it i think a lot of people have even explained it a lot of different people black women have explained it and people hear it and, and then they keep coming with the same kinds of questions i'm starting to think that they're being deliberately obtuse or they're just wanting to be willfully ignorant because they really don't want to have to face those truths. And I'm like, if you don't want to face those truths, that's your problem, not mine. We're not getting rid of our space. Exactly. We're not doing that. And you cannot, for, for the people who are questioning why this space was created, you cannot continue to bury your head in the sand. Because, nope. the, because these things that we are talking about are real life issues. These are real life struggles that Black women face every day of their lives. If you've never had your emotions blamed on your identity, i.e. being Black and female, if you've never been told you were pretty for a dark-skinned girl, if you've never been followed around in a store, if you've never been profiled for riding in a particular car or driving up up in your driveway in a a specific Mm -hmm. neighborhood, if none of that stuff has ever happened to you. No, if none of that has ever happened to you simply because of your gender and the color of your skin, then I'm going to need you to take several seats. Several. 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 Like, don't get, get comfy. Back up. Get real exactly. comfy. Like, don't get back up. Just take several Bring a cushion. seats. <laughs> like, seriously, because, like, I can't, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done having to constantly explain mm-hmm. myself constantly explain why oh my gosh like this is i'm doing this so that i can actually heal from some stuff how about that like you i'm I'm a better person for myself i'm a better person for my husband my children people around me the more i heal from this and part of my healing involves being able to talk about this with other black women I know for a fact that I can't talk about this with the average white woman or the average non-black person, woman of color because I've been there, done that. I've seen that movie already. I know what happens. It's not doing it anymore. 
Like I'm not doing it anymore. We're not. Like, we're done with that. I'm I'm not doing it because I can't I, I can't find the healing that I need that way. Absolutely. And ultimately that's what that's what this entire movement movement is about. It's it's about healing at the end of the day. Yeah. And we are simply fighting for our right to be to be seen and to be heard without being shunned and ridiculed and stereotyped. Yeah. And so instead of questioning why the space was created, how about you get on board? Just get on board. And help us dismantle the myths and the labeling and the stereotypes. That would be great. That would be wonderful. Because see, this here's another thing that I believe firmly, firmly. I believe that Malcolm X was at 100% dead on accurate when he said that black women are the most disrespected and the most unprotected uh, women in this country. It doesn't mean that other women aren't disrespected and other women aren't protected. It doesn't mean that white women aren't disrespected or not protected. That's, that's also true. He said the most. The, the most. most that's what he Constantly and consistently. Mm-hmm. So imagine what happens if all women, as you want, all women start with banding together and surrounding and protecting the most vulnerable of them first and getting them the healing and support that they deserve. And then everyone rises. And as those women get whole and healed, then we can go to the next group of women that are that are um, vulnerable, that are most vulnerable, and so on and so forth, until eventually none of us are the most vulnerable. Absolutely. Nobody ever thinks about that. You think about it in your own families, though. When you have a sick child and the rest of your children aren't sick, you do, you do everything you can to, to pour all one, of the attention yeah. to get mm-hmm. that one child so that the others back don't get healthy, sick. so that the others don't get sick. And then once that child is back to their normal health, then all the kids are okay. But you don't, you don't sit and have conversations with your spouse or with your extended family about, well, how come you're only, how come you're only tending to, you, to that one, one, ch- one child? Well, because she has pneumonia and the rest of my kids don't have it. So yes, I'm quarantining her and myself and I'm taking care of her specifically. It's kind of a similar concept. And since it you really don't is. ever do that when it's your own family, how come you can't possibly see that in a larger scale out in the world? Like, we've got to do a lot better about thinking about the people who are most, most vulnerable in our societies, mm-hmm. the most marginalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is that, is that is people who are poor, it is people who are Black, it is women, it is trans women, black trans women, disabled people, people with mental illness. Those are the people who get dumped on the most and they are the most vulnerable and the most unprotected. And what we should be doing is pooling all of our support and resources as people that, the people that don't have those, those uh, circumstances they should be banding around those people and doing everything they can to support them. So where, to where they can rise up to whatever level everyone else is at. And so then we can all continue to rise. Absolutely. 
Like, I don't understand. Like, and I guess maybe it's because I'm a mom and I have multiple kids and you're a mom and you have multiple kids. It seems crystal clear to me because this is exactly what I do in my own home. This is exactly what we do in our own homes when one of our children is not doing well. Doesn't mean we don't love our other kids. And we look, and if somebody were to accuse us of that, we'd look at them cross-eyed, like they have two heads. Like, what are you even talking about? You sound stupid. It's not even about that. It's about, hey, I've got to get this child healthy again, or I've got to get this child the help that she needs to, to get through school or whatever. And that's what we're doing. We're just trying to get out. That's exactly what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah. And it'd be great if we didn't have to do that for ourselves, by ourselves all the Absolutely. time. But it is Absolutely. what it is. It is what it is. Absolutely. Well, girl, I'm sorry. Yeah. I kept saying I wasn't going to keep talking. But you, I, I mean, talking, but you. And I kept talking. Oh my God. But sometimes you just got, you got to, you got to get it all out. Sometimes you just got to get it all out. And so. Like for, it's a hot button issue for me. It, it really <laughs> is. And it, it is for me because I really was taken aback when I, when I received the question. And then I looked at the profile and I was like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, but. Let's not said, be afraid of ruffling feathers anymore. Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not, not going to be afraid. Be afraid. We're, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have we're gonna have we're gonna have the hard conversations, and we're gonna continue yeah. to show up in this space yes. for our for our sisters that yes. want our love and support. And it is our hope and our prayer that other people will join us in this movement. And if you yes. don't want to join in the movement, just remain silent. Yeah. Just stay silent. If you don't want to be a part of it, don't try to disrupt what we have going on here. Just remain silent. Stay in your little corner with your head buried in the sand, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Silence tells me a lot. It says a lot. It speaks very loudly. It tells me exactly where you stand. stand. And I do need to know that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) I definitely need to know (laughs) But at the end of the day, this space will be here. It is going to continue to grow. Natty and I are going to continue to show up and our listeners are going to continue to tune in. And for those of you all who are listening, Natty and I are here for you. We support you wholeheartedly. We support your journey. We support your healing. We support you wherever you need us. So don't be afraid to reach out. This space ain't going nowhere. We're here to stay. And we are not going to be silent while we're here. We're not going to allow anybody to silence us those who look like us those who don't we will not be silenced and that's something i gotta say about that and so i think that's a great note to end on unless natty you have something that you want to that you want to add but we ain't going nowhere we're here to stay i yeah i do want to add a tiny little bit when i say when i say black women i also mean black women who are biracial Mm -hmm. um because I am a mom of biracial kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My mom was, was light-skinned. I mean, she wasn't white-passing or anything mm-hmm. like that, but she was, she was light-skinned. And when I say Black women, I also mean Black women who are, who are white-passing because there's a lot of healing that we have to do mm-hmm. around colorism as well. Absolutely. We can't do that if none Absolutely. of those women are in the space. Absolutely. And I don't want my kids going into adulthood feeling like, well, there's really no place for me because I'm, I'm too, I'm not black enough or I'm not white enough. Right, exactly. I definitely don't ever want them feeling like they're not black enough and they don't belong. Right. If you identify as a black female, we got you. I mean, I don't mean like a a Rachel Dolezal identify, but yeah, Uh -uh. the other Uh -uh. stuff. No, we ain't talking about her. (laughs) 
Now that's a whole no. other story. No mail. Absolutely not. No mail. <laughs> no mail. Girl, no. Because you're going to take with the other people. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, just to clarify that. Okay. <laughs> no, we're not talking about that. We mean identify truly. Truly. Like, truly as a black female. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not talking about Rachel. Y'all know who y'all are. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other episode. And we yeah. definitely, we go, we're going to have that conversation we'll too. We'll save that for season but, three. Yes, yeah, but not on this episode. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's what we wanted to talk about today because we want everybody to understand that our goal here is not to exclude anyone, but it's to love and support those people like Natalie said, who are the most vulnerable, the most marginalized. And no matter what you think about it, that is the African American female in the story. That's it. That's All true. Right. So yeah, I think we we gave our closing remarks. We're gonna get out of here. We have one more episode coming up in season two. Then we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back with even more goodness in season three. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, what's the other one? Facebook, shadesstrong.com, yep. all of that goodness. And continue to send us messages because Natalie and I are enjoying reading and seeing how you guys are being blessed from this content. So continue to send the messages, all of that goodness, and we'll be right back here next week.